June is Audiobook Month. Join Viviana, the Enchantress of Books, and the Audiobook Lovin' series as she celebrates the authors and narrators who bring your favorite stories to life. Not only will this month be packed with exciting guest podcasts full of all things books, but stick around after each episode for some special information about this year's giveaway and more. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 9, Episode 24 of this year's Audiobook Loving Series. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with actor and narrator, Harry Height. Welcome, Harry. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. We've talked online a little bit here and there, but not so much mm-hmm. in longer forms of conversation. So I'm excited. Nice. Yeah. So why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating and how you got into it. Let's see. How far back do you want to go? <laughs> it was a night. when. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm a native New Yorker, we'll start there. Brooklyn originally, but grew up mostly in Queens. Getting how I started narrating, that's kind of like a a long route. So I'll I'll try to abbreviate it as much as possible. I ended up um, playing sports later in my teenage years and it led me to, well, I ran track quite a bit. Then uh, I ended up getting hurt. So then I wanted to, I wanted to see what else was out there. And I I just, I ended up getting into broadcast journalism. And so uh, I figured I would, I mean, because I have, you know, deep passion for sports and all that. So I figured uh, this would be wonderful. And as I was taking courses, um, I came across an intro to acting class. Unfortunately, I was not able to get into it, but the head of the department asked me to audition for a show. Eventually I did, I got in. How? I still have no idea. Uh, <laughs> but um, but it really started to pique my interest and I started um, acting more. And um, as I was on that track, I ended up encountering um, an agent and she, I would just freelance with her. And one day I called her and she said that I had a good voice and I should just audition for Audible. So she sent me uh, materials and I looked them over and I had no idea what I was doing. But the stories, I mean, I grew up a, an avid reader, so the stories made sense. Like it just, it just made sense. And uh, as I went to the audition, while suffering from allergies at the same time for the first time in life. I thought I sounded terrible. But one of the characters in one of the stories they had given me was from Africa. And I could do I could do like a South African accent at the time. So I just asked if they would want an accent. And they kind of looked at each other like no one else had asked that question. So they said, you can do it. And I said, sure. And so I did it. And I'm convinced to this day that that is what got me, not just just that job, but I booked like seven jobs in that one job. And so I was like off to the races uh, <laughs> early. So yeah, that was, uh, that was, whew, that was like right around 2007. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Audible is saying that you have about Close uh, two thousand two hundred and fifty seven titles under this oh, name. You know what? It's actually more than that. I'm sure that yeah, because there's a there's a they're showing one two three four five six pre uh, uh pre orders plus all the other ones that you've probably recorded and have yet to be put up. So <laughs> well, I mean, no, not even just that. That um a lot of times there are titles that um after a certain amount of time they will drop off the server like um. I was told why at one point in time, but uh, yeah, so there are titles that I had done that don't even appear on the server anymore. So I've done them, but you won't see you won't see them unless they get re-released and then they, they'll get a new life. Uh, that did happen with a few titles that they ended up putting back out again. But there's titles that I've done that, you know, like especially those beginning titles that you, know, you really can't find unless you already have them. Wow. So how many titles have you done then? I'm really, 
close to about 300 at this point. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I try to keep the number round. So I, I, I'll, I'll do some more titles. And then when I land on one, then I'm, then I'm like, you know what? This will be the 300th title. So then I'll say, this is the one. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. we'll see. It could be this year. It could be next Be <laughs> next year. We'll year. see. De depending on the title, we'll see. Oh, okay. Good. We'll have to have a, a celebration once you get that number. Yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a coronation for it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a milestone. I know sometimes some individuals are not huge on celebrating anything, um, or they're just certain numbers and things like that as far as the birthdays or these, these milestones, but it's a lot. It's a career and it's, it's, you know, whether it's five or 10 or 15, the fact that you're been doing this for so many years and how we'll have close to 300, that's a huge milestone to celebrate Sure. it. I mean, we we oftentimes wallow in our misery and don't celebrate our victory. Uh, so, I mean, even with uh, a lot of friends who lament turning a new age, I let them know every single time there's there's another option. There's, a, there's one of two options. You could turn this age or you could not. So Yeah. I would say, hey, celebrate. <laughs> yes. You're still Yes. waking up, celebrate. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. No, absolutely agree. I know people are, they're hilarious. I, I see them on social media and they're like, oh no, I'm going to turn 30 or Yeah, I'm going to turn God. 40. I'm like, shut it. First of all, you're, you're still You're alive. lucky. You're lucky. Yeah. You're lucky. You're still alive. With the exception of the of a couple of aches and pain, because you know we do age, it happens. We're relatively Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> healthy, um, and um, and of course, filling all the information, you know, house and home and work and filling, you know, overall health. So go get your cake, a drink, or however you want to celebrate it, and shut it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Exactly right. yeah. Exactly right. So in the years that you've been narrating, how has that process of prepping a title changed for you? I'm sorry. How is the process? The what? of prepping a title once you've Ah. been cast changed for you in these, all these years. Mm. Okay. That's a great question. Well, when I first started, I, I did some short stories. And then I got my first... long form, which I still remember the title was called Realionaire, Pharaoh Gray. And it was talking about, he was talking about how he had made his first million dollars when he was, oh, was he 12? I think he was 12, he was out of Chicago, which I thought was fascinating. But I hadn't prepped a long title before. No, I had zero training, no one showed me. So when I got to the studio um, and I was working with an engineer, bless his soul, and I was just making a ton of mistakes and I didn't know what was coming next or anything. And he was like, did you prep this? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> and so he kind of broke it down. I could tell he was, he was aggravated, but, but he breathed through it. And then he gave me some beautiful golden nuggets of wisdom and he he basically broke it down to me how the people who had already been doing the veterans of the game at the time do it and so he just gave me tips and from there I took that and I told him I, I saw him actually earlier this year and I hadn't seen him since that time several years several years ago and uh, I told him listen You helped me tremendously on how to work this craft. I said, it's because of you that I am where I'm at right now. Like you really helped me because, you know, then you only have but a few opportunities to get it right or get it wrong. And if you get it wrong too much, people will stop calling you. It's just, that's just, that's the nature of any beast in which, you know, you're trying to, make a name for yourself, make a career, carve out a career for yourself. So yeah, I definitely credited him with that. And he appreciated it, but it was the truth, the absolute truth. So nowadays it's different if you get a, if you get a standalone book versus a series. Now for a series where I've already created the voices of the characters, I, I, know, I know their temperament, I know their mindset, and I know their voice. So those are easier. Um, so we're just looking at
whatever new characters may pop up. But you really want to look at who's your main protagonist, who's your main antagonist, and like main co-stars off of that, a friend group, family members, all that. And then you have, you know, your extraneous characters, one-liners here, there, where, you know, you could just, I mean, each, each one has a life and a voice. So I'll just pull from someone who I've encountered or either an, an actual individual or just a voice that I've heard. Like I collect voices all the time. I'll hear people talk and if it's a voice that grabs my attention, I lock it in and I'll like, ah, I don't know where I'm gonna use this, but I'll save that for later. Accents are very important for me. Like I'm always like listening for where people come from and I'll, if I, I'll listen to someone speak and then I'll say, hey, are you from here? Because having, having done so many different accents and been a multitude of places, it's now easier. And like being immersed in this work, it's kind of easier for me to kind of identify where people are from now. Now, if it's a standalone book, then um, I'm really looking for, first of all, where it's set, um, any surprise accents, you know, because someone could be in North Carolina, but actually they're from Scotland. And you don't, <laughs> and you, you don't find that out until page 300. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, you, you, you want to avoid that pitfall. Yeah. Uh, and, and also just getting a sense for the writer, the author, uh, their flow. That's why I always say day number two of recording is always for me like the the best and the easiest flow because you once you sit down on day one you're even though no matter how well you've prepped you're still like you're still getting in your bones you're still you're speaking the words out loud and you know really getting a a, a sense of the author's flow by day two off to the races um so yeah I like to I like to go through it. Like there's some people who read the entire thing. I don't necessarily do that, but I give it a good hard skim. And I'm, obviously, I'm searching for names or places that I may have never heard of, and I don't know how to pronounce and all that. And I do all that, all of that work, so that it just makes it easier when we get into the studio. It just takes less time to look things up. Yeah, and I, sometimes when I've spoken to some of you guys, the the process. Uh, has varied a lot in, in as from the beginning versus what they're doing now and some of you guys when i when i hear like oh yeah i cold read i'm going okay mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> i'm yeah. like great and but it's also been interesting to kind of define what that cold read looks like because when a lot of people listen and they hear cold read they said i've never opened up the book but others have done some scanning they've done some searches like you were saying and they've gotten some in there in depth but other times they're like no, I just cold read. I'm like, you mean like you haven't even cracked open the I'm like, no, I'm like, okay. Um, well, you know, there are times <laughs> when there are super fast turnarounds and yeah. you'll, you'll get a project and they're like, Hey, I'm sorry. This is an emergency. Like, they'll apologize. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so sorry for this quick turnaround, but can you, if you can, can you help me out? And like, so sometimes you have to jump in there and say, yeah. I mean, if you, if you decide to accept it, you're like, okay, well, let's do it. I would say cold reading is best reserved for those who have done this for quite some time. Yeah. I mean, even then, you know, you still don't want to do that. But I mean, if you're just starting out, never, ever cold read. Don't do it. It is yeah. a it is a bad it is a bad habit to 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 take on. Bad. Just don't even do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. No, I've been I mean, I know what it's like to be placed on on you know, on the spot in classes and reading out loud. And I was like, no, don't call on me. And, mm. and just reading out loud, period. And it's just, no, it's just, it's always been daunting to me. And there's mm. some of you guys that are experienced and I'm like, okay, fine. You can do that after mm. many, many moons of doing this. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to sit here. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and I'm going to highlight and make notes and circle the big words that I cannot pronounce yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Yeah. Make sure I'm saying Kissimmee versus Kissimmee. Uh, yes. and all that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because in that review, that's going to happen with, you know, it always happens when someone from that city or state or, or will recognize that one highway 
That's it. That it's mentioned one time. Yep. And it'll <laughs> and, take them out of the entire story. And then they're now they, they not now they no longer believe you. You've you've let down the the, the shield. Yeah, that's not that's not how people that have lived here for so long say it that way. I'm like, okay, I get mm-hmm. it. I understand. <laughs> that's right. You mentioned accents, and we are all suckers for accents as listeners. What's your favorite accent to perform? Ooh. Mmm. It's a good one. <laughs> I would say, you know what? That that's actually a harder question to answer because I like for me, it's always the accent that I haven't done yet, that I haven't really gotten to do yet. Or it's like a, or one that I'm given and I'm like, yeah, I finally get to do this one. Like if I, like if I've, if I've been given like a Russian accent or a Japanese accent for something, there's just like one or two characters, those excite me. I mean, there's, I mean, I have go-to accents, but, and those are always fun, like, especially depending on the character. I think it's, I think for me, it's more character driven. Like who is, who is this person and um, like, are they are they a good person? Are they are they morally bankrupt? You know what I mean. So I feel like, uh, especially when you get those morally bankrupt characters that have um, like some sort of just whatever different accent they have, then you can really lean into it, and they can really give the performance some depth. So I would say. I think for me, the accents are more character driven than just for the sake of, of doing an accent. Okay. So what are some of those go-to accents that you're like, oh, you know, automatically? Uh, well, I would say like uh, South African, Nigerian, uh, Spanish, Southern. I mean, I'm from New York, so I don't even consider that an accent, <laughs> like whatever. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like, depending on like, like what? you know, who that character is, I can really lean into some different places in New York and like, you know, add some interesting things. But you were right, like in terms of saying, making sure you're saying the names of cities the right way, or there are definitely words. Like for instance, if you're from Wisconsin, you're not gonna say bagel, you're gonna say bagel, you know what I mean? So like knowing that, and no, like just knowing the region, like the, the regionalisms, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then add that accent to it to, to make it believable. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so even if you're just, even if you're just doing a slight accent, but you know how they say these particular words, people will stay with you because, yeah, because they'll believe you because you can, because you're saying their, their words the right yeah, way. Absolutely. So what about a hardest accent for you to perform? Oh, <laughs> Australian and Irish. Those are tough. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny because they're both kind of in the same sort of vein. So if I'm around someone with the accent, then it really helps me. But if not, and I got to source it myself, it's it becomes a little harder. Yeah. It's always when you want to go be like, call your friend and like, hey, talk. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Right. Like why? Like I need to do an Irish. Let's go talk your Irish. <laughs> yeah, please talk yeah. to Rogue, bro. I know. Yeah, those are those are interesting, especially the Australian. A lot of times, it can fade into almost like a, of a British or a bit of that Irish, but they're all in the same realm. And absolutely, and they can take yeah. There's certain, but there's certain times where I'm going, mm. yeah. And you don't ever want to make it into a caricature. Yeah, that is, that's exactly what I was going to say. You don't want to turn into some sort of caricature because then you want to keep everybody real. That's it. And so when it when it gets cartoonish and it, it just it'll take you out. So if you can't if you can't do it, then don't. Just it's okay. Like it's okay. Like you don't have to do it. If you can't do it, do not do it. And I know, especially for a lot of new narrators who feel who think who believe they can do all these different accents, especially if they're applying to a new production house or a publishing company. They're like, oh yeah, I could do 15 different accents. Like, okay, can you? I mean, you think you can, but can you really? And can you sustain it? Can you sustain it for a six hour recording session and then three six hour recording sessions or four six hour recording sessions? Can you do it then? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's when you can do it. And if you can't say yes to that, then don't put it down. Listen, there are people out there who can help you. 
hire them. This coaches like this people who can do that, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think that a lot of times the newer narrators are thinking of that they can do it, but they don't stop to think about that sustainability part. Mm-hmm. If it's a quick character in and out, yeah, maybe can, I think most of us can do some form of an a- accent to make it believable. If it's a quick one liner, sure. you know, I'm going to go pot the car. That's that's, that's it. That's, you know, right. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, yeah. But now now keep up with keep up a Southie for 12 hours. No. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Not only exactly. if you want to hear ka over and over again, that's the right. one word that stuck with me after 20, it's been 20 years since I've been to Boston. And uh-huh. for some odd reason, I have to focus when I, when I say I'm going to go to the car to say it, quote unquote mm-hmm. in my normalness, because otherwise I'm going to go to the car. It just pops oh, yeah. out. For, yes. The one word. Don't ask me why. I don't know, but it's sustainability that, you know, it, mm-hmm. I think it matters. And, and you're right. It's one of those things sometimes in the midst of trying to get that gig or in the midst of being or thinking that they might be a bit different. They'll say yes to the 15 uh, accents. And I'm like, no, just what which one are you really good at? And then right. other than that, make a list of the ones you want to get improved on or get better at or start and go get coaching. Absolutely. Yeah. There's Good. a bunch of them that are out there. Well worth their weight in gold and salt and however you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And opportunities, yeah. With when it comes down to books, you specifically in the romance genre, there are different types of scenes, whether it's the first time that they meet, that first time that they argue, or there's mm. you know, all this stuff. What's the favorite type of scene for you to perform? Mm. I think it's um uh, I mean, outside of the seduction, the seduction is always fun. <laughs> but it's that one part when there's a realization that they're doing things, they're saying things or they be or they're behaving in a manner that they're not used to because of the other person. And then they catch themselves and then they realize for the first time, ah, damn, why? I like this person. I haven't liked anyone in five, 10 years. (laughs) I've been damaged, but for some (laughs) reason, I feel safe with this person. It's pissing me off, but at the same time, <laughs> why am I dreaming? Like I'm dreaming about this person and now I'm doing things that are so out of my character. Like those things interest me. I like I like I like these these realization moments. Those are those are really good when the author does them and it's so scope because we're asking ourselves the same thing. Like, dude, did you realize that this is what you're doing? And even like, in- you don't do this. <laughs> yeah, like, wait, why are you being nice? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the funny thing is that it happens in real life. I've seen friends that would never do fill in the blank. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm like, yep. I go, who are you dating? Yeah. <laughs> right. Because you're, because the question is, who are you right now? Yeah. Because it is, it is so out of character. Yeah. And when they fight it, oh, it's so fun mm-hmm. when they fight mm-hmm. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And when they catch themselves and they're like, mm-hmm. ah, oh, why am I doing this? Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. But and they it's still always- have to lean into it anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's depending on the genre. It's a, it can be kind of funny too, especially if they're paranormal. Um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes they can get like really extra on that one that 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 type of scene, and you're and they're going, "Oh hell no!" Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, within romance, you know, it's an umbrella term with all these other subgenres underneath it, including paranormal and contemporary, mm-hmm. you know, sports and rom com. What's your favorite type of genre to narrate? because I've done all of those. <laughs> I've done the sports ones. I've done the, the, the paranormal ones. You know what? Uh, I, I generally find that the, the paranormal ones have more comedy in them. I mean, because they're just, they're also funny by nature because we're, you're asking the audience to really be on the side of an eight foot blue half man half bull beast from some far off galaxy who is in love with an american girl you know what i mean (laughs) earthling you know so yeah it it, it just lends it's the comedy just lends itself to those things when a writer author can go into the these specific genres and still find a way to make a storyline fresh as opposed to formulaic as the more you do things you could see it's like the matrix you know, it was like Neo and the Matrix. You could just see it. You could see the grid. You could see the formula right before you. But it's those writers who know how they understand what that is, but they still know how to manipulate it. So it's a fresh story, even within 
a genre that is, you know, like people have expectations, you know, you know, like uh, the unlikely meeting, the unlikely attraction, and then whatever the secret is that then could, you know, as they get really close, will they, won't they? And then there's a huge secret that could rip them to shreds and then the coming back together at the end. But if you find within, within your own creativity how to spin these things and spin these things on their head, that's always fun to discover. It's definitely, you know, when it comes down to the romance, we know that we're going to get, okay, we're supposed to get an HEA, otherwise it's not romance. So we know they're going to get their happily ever after. For, it's, for me, it's the journey. And that is what can make or break a story for me is like, you know, how are they just kind of swapping out locations and names or if they're making mm -hmm. it to a point where I'm going, oh, that's an interesting spin. Exactly. And that's, I'm like, ooh, yeah. Yes. So those yes, are the yes. ones that usually stand out for me. Or when they read a specific way, like I had one of my favorites authors, Danica Dark, and her seven series is it reads it's specifically the first one. And it's one that I always tell people if they've never read a paranormal, this is one that you want to start with. If you're like, I don't believe mm -hmm. I'm like, just read that one. It reads like a contemporary romance. It just happens to have shifters. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. That's what it is. It's just uh, if you have not read a paranormal and you thinking it's going to be not something that in your realm of belief, just read, right. you know, the seven, you know, seven years for this, the first book in the series. And it literally reads yeah. like a contemporary where the hot guy just happens to be a wolf shifter, <laughs> you know, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And those things. Yeah. So within the romance and all these subgenres, is there a genre that you have yet to narrate that you've been wanting to or want to? Hmm. No. No, I've done, yeah, I've done. I think you've done it all, I think. Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, there there are, um, you know, sometimes you get into a, a, a series and then you, uh, you'll you have different pairings of people. You have the main couple, but then you have maybe somebody's teammate or somebody's brother. And then whatever lady they get with, they have a cousin or a friend or, or that, and then they, they become the next one. So it's always interesting to see who's going to pair up next and I'm like, okay well we've done this journey now where's where's this next journey going to go and then what is the temperament of this guy and this woman you know and then uh you know and then how does that relate to the initial couple that got together will that affect their relationship you know yeah. so i mean there's just different ways to play around with it yeah that's for sure what about outside of romance is there a genre that you have yet to narrate that you'd like to no, I've no. I'm mean, <laughs> like no. <laughs> no. I mean, I've 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 touched all of them. I would say that uh, one that frequently comes my way uh, a lot of biographies and memoirs, and I would say, well, first of all, it's always an. I find people interesting. I find I I, I just find humans very interesting so and everyone has a story and so i always find it an honor to uh, be able to voice somebody else's story i mean there's a you know you can you can think you know about a person until <laughs> until you really delve into their story I, for instance i had done uh, several different books about uh, martin luther king jr but then I did one book by the late Stephen B. Oates. He was a um, former professor at UMass and, and considered a, a great um, historical biographer. And I think one of his most famous books was a, uh, was a book about Lincoln, but he, he's also written about uh, Clara Barton. He wrote this book about Martin Luther King Jr. And I have to tell you, it is the most comprehensive biography I have ever written. I mean, ever read, excuse me. And he goes from like the vet, he starts with his father and mother, but then it goes all the way to his death. And by the time we get to the Lorraine Hotel, I can barely speak the words because now I know narration wise, I have to kill my friend. You know, I, I have to kill this man I've just been on this journey with. And I had to I had to stop recording for a bit to compose myself to get back in there and do it. That's how in depth 
and gripping it was. And I just learned, I learned a, a host of new things about him. So I, I enjoy that. Like that is, that is what really gets me going. Um, and I don't, I was about to drop another one, but I think I can't speak about it right now, but I have another one that I'm very excited about that's coming up soon. So as soon as I'm confident I can speak on it, I'll be posting that everywhere. Perfect. Which I'm very excited though. Yeah. I love it when you guys get excited about a book. I it definitely piques my interest to even want to listen to it more. Not just because you're narrating it, but also there's when it's like it makes me like, okay, why are you so excited about it? Because you do this for a living, right? Mm -hmm. So if you mm -hmm. with all the books that you've narrated, why is this one making you know your eyes shine brighter, that tone a little higher in the voice when you're talking about it? And so it's always those are the ones that I tend to put on my list and move them up. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think there's also a variety of reasons because I think I think part of it is. Uh you know, who the subject is, like if you're doing, like for instance, if you're doing a memoir or biography, who the subject is, where they're from, like, are they a homeboy, a homegirl? Like, if it's a New York story, I'm in, because now I'm like, okay, do, did we grow up in the same New York? Like, what are, we, what are we talking about here? You know, because now I'm gonna be looking, just like any other uh, listener, I'm gonna be making sure that the writer is hitting the right notes also. Like, where are we talking? If you're talking about Harlem, what are, we, what are we talking about? Are we talking about Brooklyn? Are we talking about Hollis, Queens? Like, you better know what you're talking about. Because if you don't, then I'm like, ah, this book is not credible. You know, so that's also very important, too. It is. I think that uh, providing that authentic voice to a character, whether it's a memoir or an alien from outer space. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's believable, we, you know? We, we have expectations. We expect that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. These are the mm -hmm. expectations. Oh, if yeah. you, go, you go against that, then we're looking at you sideways. Yeah, yeah. Some of these authors are getting creative, though, with those alien stuff. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. From some of the mating rituals and providing the, the heroine with the, the earthling heroine with the kitten as part of the you know, proposal mm. to mm -hmm. multiple appendages. I was just <laughs> so going to say, there's been a couple characters I've had that have had um, some even chatty appendages mm -hmm. oh. that have their have their own minds. And, oh my! You know, oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> yeah! So they're kind of like separate entities of their own right. Oh my goodness! Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now that talk about having to voice and give someone that kind of a character uh that depth of you know <laughs> mm -hmm. that depth of feel if you will yeah yes yes <laughs> <laughs> you have to have fun right otherwise it's Absolutely. not worth doing yeah these yeah right. i love it when the authors get creative at the same time i've dm'd a couple i'm like where the fuck did you get this idea from <laughs> i'm like girl <laughs> seriously no, no, seriously. <laughs> like, what were you thinking about? And also, we should talk. Yeah, like, what were you drinking? And why aren't you sharing? <laughs> <laughs> right. Things are like, oh, at the next convention, I'll bring some. Like, okay, because I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, speaking of conventions, are you planning mm -hmm. on going to any book conferences for romance, you know? Well, you know what's all? funny? I just started going to just voiceover conventions period only last year i just started doing that so i'm still kind of making my way through the circuit so to speak so i'm learning about new conferences all the time so i mean please if you have suggestions or there's if there's a conference uh that you think i should hit up let mm -hmm. me know because i'll okay. do it you know i all just right. I, I just have to know so, I'm I'm discovering new ones all the time now, just as I finally put myself out there like that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so, glad that you're going to some and that you're open to going to some that are for, for romance authors. A lot of them are either one day signings or two, and some of them are beginning to be a little bit longer and with different um you know, offerings, whether it's just a book signing and panels or and parties, but some are doing learnings and more development stuff too on other days. So it's always 
beneficial. But yeah, I have I have a spreadsheet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the girl with a spreadsheet that also color codes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, please feel free yeah. to share. I'm I'm down. Yeah, they're fun. I think as as listeners and readers, we love meeting you guys in person and kind of like saying, "Oh my god, I I loved your performance," you know, and have you sign stuff. Um, sure. And I'm sure for you guys, being out of the booth and hearing some of that stuff is is nice too, because it's lonely in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you, it, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But also, it, I think it's like just as a narrator too. A, it's always amazing to commune with the listening audience and then also with the writers just because there's some stuff, there's some stories I've written and I'm like, I I would really love to meet this writer because <laughs> I got some questions. But also, it's like, <laughs> well, also, what an imagination or like, right? what, a cool, what a cool story. And yeah, so I... You know, in that way, I, I just want to be uh, an observer or a spectator. Yeah, they do a couple of panels, too, sometimes with uh, where the authors will have that conversation of how they came up with their story. So I've always loved sitting in the back and just listening and I'm going, sure. especially if I know the author and she and, the, and they're friends with me and I know how that story came about. I'm like, what version are you going to share with the audience today, ah, babe? <laughs> you, know, see, that's, uh, you got the inside scoop. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> membership has its advantages. Oh, yeah. It's it lots of advantages where I sit from, but, and, and, you know, perks and things like that, which I'm always very, you know, humbled and I appreciate and I, that I love the, and I, you know, value the trust and honesty that you guys have with me as the narrators and the authors to provide me with some of that insights and be part of that community that way. And to be able to kind of share it with everybody else when we have these kind of chats are always great. Yeah. But yeah, I will definitely be sending you that list so you can look over it and see what works for you. There's a couple that are close to the New York area. So from a travel perspective might be a little, you know, to Put your feet into the water, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think I recently saw that one is happening in Denver soon. Yep. No, that's next year. The one we just had oh, that next one. Year. Yeah. So it'll okay. be in, in Denver. It just recently happened this year for the first time. Yeah. And it was fun. It was nice being, you know, working with them. And, and I was the one that kind of brought in the narrators to participate. And next year they have uh, other people that are working it. I have way too many things going on in my life right now. I'm like, I got you started. Now you know how mm -hmm. to do it. I no, taught no, you. Fly, fly, fly. Yes, fly. fly. Exactly. Yeah. Get other folks. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, that's, but that's how I am. I like teaching and helping, and I will give you all the necessary ingredients to make that sandwich. I'm also here afterwards for the directions if you need a reminder, but please make sure to take notes because <laughs> yeah. I want you to fly. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I love that. So, a little more in depth questions for you here. When you're not working, what do you do for fun? Oh, what a question. When I'm not working. <laughs> hmm. When I'm not working. <laughs> yeah, the, those, you were to speak to uh, friends of mine, at least I still hope they're friends. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a workaholic, so uh, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy staying in shape, so yeah, that's fun. I mean, please don't kill me for being corny, but for real, sometimes all I really truly need is just to like get outside, walk around. If there's a body of water, I, I go straight to it. Not that I get in it, but I just want to be near it. And also uh, just walking in different neighborhoods and discovering uh, new eateries, you know, new interesting eateries I'd love to eat. So that's always fun. And then you just meet just the most interesting people. Again, I tell you, people fascinate me. So uh, just having like random conversations with folks, you know, you just meet. That's that's always fun, which made it tough to do during. Um, I don't know if you heard about this thing, but there was like this global happening where people had to stay inside for a while. I know. I thought, you know? yeah. I mean, as an introvert, I was like, I don't have the people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I like my like like you. I, I do love like people watching and and going to restaurants and stuff like that. And so it was yeah. kind of hard. Thank God I know how to cook. Uh, oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, th those. Are, I mean, travel is fun, but again, that just for me has just hopped back on the table. So if I can, if I can carve out the time to go someplace that doesn't necessarily have to do anything with work. Then yeah, I love to do that. 
Yeah, I think sometimes people tend to think that they have to go somewhere else and leave the, you know, their area to quote unquote vacation. And are people are they just don't stop to think that you may have lived in this city for most, if not all of your life, but there's mm-hmm. still places that you have yet to discover. There's still a restaurant oh, that you have not been to. There's still oh, something yeah. new within the vicinity that they still need to that's within an hour's drive or, you know stuff like that and so it's always i like exploring new things just get in the car and drive if you try to go if you try to eat at every restaurant in new york city i'm just talking the five boroughs it would take you approximately 16 years so right so this is what i'm saying like you could staycation somewhere absolutely (laughs) and and just make it happen there it's fun i mean you could just do that so yeah i would encourage that also yeah so you mentioning that you uh, tend to gravitate towards the water. Are you a water sign when it comes down to your? You know what? I am. I am. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I, I think people like put that together like that. I never, I never thought of it that way. But I, I, I feel like there may be some validity to it. Like it's however much stock you put into that. I just know. I just know for me because I respect it. It's so vast. I mean, we're thinking about something that encompasses 70 to 75% of this entire planet. It's massive. And the and you talk about aliens, why don't you do a little deep dive in the ocean? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's still so much <laughs> left to discover down there. We don't have to look all the way out there in, in space. We, ha- we have it right here. So, you know, so I just, I respect it so much. And then there's just, you know, there's, there's the obvious dangers, but there's a serenity. There's just a just a serenity and a, and, a, and a peace that I find, you know, amongst these massive uh, bodies of water. Yeah. It's also something calming, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That I can relate to because as far as I'm a Pisces, so mm. total water sign. It's uh, mm. where I find my comfort and home and. I know sometimes even here when I'm having a bit of that, like lots of going on, that bit of anxiety starting, I'm like, I think I'm just going to go take a bath. Yeah. And just in the water just calms everything down. So See? I get mm-hmm. along with Pisces. Some of my you know, closest peeps are Pisces. So it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Makes yeah. Sense. Which makes me think, uh-huh. So you okay if I try to guess? Go ahead. Scorpio. I was waiting. I wasn't going to give it to you. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're exactly correct. Yep. A lot of my my family, like my brother, grandmother, some cut nephews and stuff are Scorpios, but some of my dearest friends are Scorpios. Scorpios mm-hmm. and Pisces are always together. Yeah, <laughs> so. yep. yep, you got it. Yeah, you guys are always looked to be seen like oh, like like people are always concerned about you guys getting mad and stuff, and it's like no, they're the sweetest person ever. I mean, thank they, you. Oh, but they're, I mean, like they're big teddy bears and they're lovey dovey. Now don't piss them off because if well, they get to right. that point where you piss them off, <laughs> you need to run. But it takes a while to get them there. But it's everybody's yeah. like, oh, they're so scary. I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> oh, no, I know. You know, there's been times where someone has asked, and I've told them that, like, oh, this is mm-hmm. a huge reaction. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you, like, ha, are you, hello, have you not looked at the person in front of you? Have we not just had a whole fantastic yep. conversation? I told you my sign, now all of a sudden, yeah. you, know, you want to run for the hills? That doesn't make any sense. Come on, that's not sensible. Yeah, it's funny too. Well, a lot of times when the, when the Pisces, they think that we're overly emotional sometimes or uh-huh. can be a bit flighty because we mm. tend to hop in interest but the reality is mm-hmm. it's not overly emotional. I just am empathic and I trust people sure. and it hurts when you get, you know, that that those things get sure. taken advantage of and things like that. And as far as I'm a learner and a lot of Pisces are very creative folks. And so if I like I said dive into something, I'm gonna do it one hundred percent. And and as soon as I'm done learning, if I'm not mm-hmm. engaged, I will find something else. <laughs> You know, I'm like I've done it. I'm the yeah. subject matter expert. What's Fair. next? <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, the feeling you. No, I'll, I'll take you to any trivia night. Yeah, I'll, I'll take you to any <laughs> trivia night. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you also mentioned that you love food. So, what are some of your favorite snacks? Oh, fruits like berries, especially frozen berries. Mm, 
But you get some blackberries, some blueberries, some strawberries. You just wash them real good, put them in the freezer, and you have a snack all day, every day. I try to stay as far away from processed garbage as I can, even though I, I grew up eating it and I loved it. But uh, nowadays, yeah, you, you just, when you give me some, some berries, and uh, frozen berries especially, I am a happy camper. Perfect. So next time we go to a con, I'll make sure to have a <laughs> carry snack bag and make sure I have berries in there. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. Instantaneous <laughs> yeah. fan. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, getting grumpy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Every couple yeah. of four hours, probably. Just give me two and <laughs> then I'm all right. yeah. 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 So working with all day with words. And with the narrations and reading and things like that, what what is your favorite word? Separate from favorite curse word, because that's the second part of this question. Mm hmm. Um, cantankerous. Mm. A good one. Why? Uh, well, when I first discovered this word, when I was uh, just a wee child, uh, I thought I thought that it described me perfectly, even though it's more so when you hear cantankerous, it's more so ascribed to old men. But, you know, I felt like I was a, an old young dude anyway. So, yeah, it always stuck with me and it's always been like one of my absolute favorites. Okay. And uh, favorite curse word? Fuck. I'm from New York. I mean, <laughs> I don't even look at it as a curse word. It's just like a, it's a connecting word. It's a, it's, it's a word to help you think like, you know, what the fuck? The fucking, uh, the fucking, uh, you know, the fucking thing. So it's like, like, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I use that word as a noun, adjective, pronoun. Yeah, it's everything. Uh, Very <laughs> yeah, versatile. exactly. Yeah. It's a fun word. Always creative and stuff like that. One of the things I'd love to do with my guests and, and getting to know them better is to play the game of two truths and a lie, where you tell me three things about yourself and we have to figure out which one's the lie. So if you're ready. Okay. I was a semi-pro football player. I love musicals. And I've hang glided in Brazil. Okay. Hmm. Well, you were telling us a little bit about your pro, your football and your sports stuff. So let's see. Oh, Yeah. um, they didn't give us a whole lot of details. So that's the thing. <laughs> it's all in the details. Okay. So semi-pro football player, love musicals and has hang glide in Brazil. Is the lie hang glide in Brazil? That's the truth. Really? Not, all, not only did I hang gliding, almost lost my life hang gliding in Brazil, <laughs> but yeah. oh boy, <laughs> that's a story. oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it was just, uh, so <laughs> we know how communication is very important, right?
we get between step three and four. Let's call it three and a half. I'm not liking the way I'm running. I'm like, ah, I want to stop and start over again. I didn't verbalize this, but I thought it. And so I stopped running. So he dragged me for the last three and a half paces. Now, this uh, jump point had some trees jutting out of the cliffside right below us. I clocked that on the way up there. So he dragged me the rest of the way. So instead of going up, we started to go down and started to go down right into those trees. So being that I remembered the trees were there, I lifted my legs up so as not to get caught. And so we brushed against them. We cleared them and we continued. Um, he cussed me out in Portuguese and English <laughs> and I think any other language he could think of at the time. And all I can think of was, wow, I'm flying. This is incredible. Um, when we landed on the beach, he took all the gear off, uh, was yelling how this was the closest he had ever come to death in 18 years. And he was done, finished, and just left me standing there. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. <laughs> uh, the other people who I, who I was with at the time, when they finally made it to the beach, they were like, dude, you're alive. Everyone, everyone thought you were dead. They were like, there's no way they made it. Like everyone ran to the cliffside to see because they thought we were dead. So yeah, oh my goodness. Uh, that was yeah. the truth. Okay, so love musicals a lie. That is a lie. <laughs> I do not love musicals. You do not love musicals. Now, now let me let me clarify. There are musicals that I have seen that I like. That I really some that have made me roll over laughing it's just that for me again this uh suspension of reality if i'm having a heated argument with you and all of a sudden you burst out into song i'm <laughs> going to walk away from you i'm gonna look at you like you're crazy and i'm going to walk away i'm like you're not even taking this seriously i'm out so like that is like part of that aspect to me just you know i just can't get with so mind you, I don't say I, I don't love musicals, yet I've never seen one. First of all, if you say, if you give any opinion on anything, you need to experience it first. Don't tell me you don't like octopus if you've never tried octopus. Don't give me that. So yes, I've seen a multitude of musicals and I've come to this fact. I don't love them. There's some that I can appreciate, some that I actually like, but overall, just don't love them. I'd rather see a play without it. And to just get into the story. That doesn't mean like I love all straight plays, but I would, it's my preference to go see a straight play than, than a musical. Yeah. No, I understand it. There's certain scenes too. I'm going, why y'all singing? Yeah. <laughs> so, what are we singing about right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the time. Oh, yeah. So, and that's actually, there was, there was, I think there was a TV show and, something like that was said i'm like and the character was just very much in the like everyone is singing and dancing around them and they were the one person that for some reason was not falling into the whole show tune moment and right, they were like right. yeah they were like why are y'all singing <laughs> so it's funny but yeah right like literally what is happening That's, yeah. mm -hmm. exactly yep. that would be mm -hmm. me that'd be me <laughs> Yeah, for, for funs and giggles, I probably would mess with you. Not in an argument, but in a moment of just funny laugh. I'm going to be like, start singing and start singing. You're like, Viv, shut. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Things you can do when you're friends. Come on. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Okay. You make me laugh. Make yeah. Me laugh. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. See, hang gliding in Brazil. Oh, God. That's, talk about adventures. Uh, mm. Hang gliding, period. But then in a foreign country and foreign languages, if you're not fluent at it, like you were saying, communication. And mind you, uh, I was deathly afraid to fly, period. That was my first trip on an airplane. It was nine hours. But again, like I said, I love to travel. So my desire to travel over, just was it's over, I was still fearful, but it just, my desire was so strong that I was not gonna let that fear disable me from doing it so 
Um, Flying was, to Brazil is fine. I get that point and getting over the fear, but hang gliding? Well, see, at that point, I was like, well, I've been on an airplane. I might as well jump off a cliff. <laughs> at that point, I felt like, well, I guess I could do anything now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Not to say you're, you're jumping out of like people that, uh, that perish you, like you're jumping out of a perfectly fun, you know, fine plane. Um, yeah. One day, yeah, one day I'll have to figure that out. I mean, I there so there's the the ride at Epcot that is uh, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank, but it's supposed to take you like you're hang gliding across California and stuff like that, and it is so refreshing and I love it and it that that sense of being in the air and the air blowing, I get it, but I also know that I am in a machine that is <laughs> safe at the moment. Right. I'm not that high up going down cliffs like you were going down a cliff. Um, yes. So yeah, my goodness. Well, thing. All right, so that was a good one. You did good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I had to think it's a good one. So I had to yeah. Think it's a good one. yeah, yeah, that's perfect. No, it's uh, appreciated. So before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what comes up next for you? Um, currently working on. Well, I was before this. I was working on some corrections, some pickups for a book called Queen, which is, um, it's like a spinoff series from uh, a series I started quite a while ago called The Cartel, um, written by Ashley and Jaquavis Coleman. I mean, they've written a lot of series, husband and wife duo who've written a lot of series together and I've been fortunate enough to do quite a bit of their books. So this was, this is me like jumping back in uh, to the fray with them again is that's always fun and it's always great too when you know you have you know writers who really trust you with their words and their story um, to bring it forth so that's really fun I'm trying to think about what other one I can tell you about yeah because <laughs> I'm working on this about there's about three or four right now in the mix I'm like Hmm, what can I tell you? So I could definitely tell you about that one. That's fun. But I, like I said, I'm also, uh, I just finished um, a biography that I'm excited about uh, that I'll be able to talk about soon. Oh, and also it was a book that I had recently just done. It was um, discussing AI, which is now, you know, it's a prevailing topic, not only in, the voice world, but, you know, and, and just acting the entertainment world in general and even beyond, you know, but we're talking about, this book was talking about the, the hidden racism in AI. Like for, like for instance, there are, uh, we use AI in ways every day, in ways we don't even consider. For instance, there are electronic um, soap dispensers and or, um, sinks right and there's times where i i would put my hand underneath no water would come out no soap would dispense yet when someone from the caucasian sect would do it boom it would just it would happen easily and it's because whoever programmed that ai didn't uh program it to recognize darker skin tones so huh. yeah and this happens in a lot of different uh, uh, realms. In real estate, for instance, uh, based on how someone fills out an application, it'll determine it'll determine your ethnicity, uh, it'll determine how much you make, and then what and, and then the AI program essentially will redline you. And so it'll say, no, nah, this person is not qualified for this. A particular loan even though they have the money they have all the things but because it's already grouped you with a lower income sect you'll get denied because it's already identified you so yeah yeah wow yeah, oh, yeah. We, we use a lot of ai people don't they're they're up in arms right now about i'm like do you guys do realize you have smartphones right and, uh, you know, anything to do with electronics uh, and things like that, like you were saying, the dispensers, but mm -hmm. your AC unit that you have on, you yeah. know, on that are smart, your doorbells, all this mm -hmm. stuff, it's, it's getting there. And it's like, yeah, but I, hmm, 
it's and, see they, that they, that they, point about like and I'm remembering when I go to the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it, they they also do it in policing. It'll yeah, it'll give you it'll give them an area. I forget exactly what the term is called, but it's a like a, a specific zone where mm -hmm. uh, they're like, well, the crime is most likely to happen here, and we can only guess like which areas, you know, the poor, lower income, you know. Where the where ethnicities, the, uh, the ethnic yeah the ethnic grouping is you know black and brown yeah it's 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 prevalent in in all sectors of life and we're not talking about it in the ways uh, th this book is helping to bring awareness and it it was written by a man who is at the forefront of it you know he started in the 90s a black man who you know he started doing this in the 90s uh, by the name of calvin lawrence um and at the time he didn't know you know where this was exactly going and all the ways it was going to be used but now like the thing is with technology like that and any sort of tech that has great power you know great usage it, it all depends on the hands of the people who use it. So if you, if you use, if you have positive intentions, it's, it's a beautiful thing. If you have negative intentions, then it can hurt masses of people. And, and unfortunately we're, we're seeing, we're seeing how it really is beginning to start to hurt the masses. It's already, it's already happened. It's already been happening, whether we acknowledge it or not. But now it's getting to the point where it's going to be a wide open secret. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's one of those where the conversations start happening in smaller groups of circles in communities and in workforces and stuff like that. And now that it's becoming more prevalent, even in the book community, I remember first having the, the graphic designers be all up in arms about the AI artwork, mm -hmm. um, thanks to that that app. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and then the narrator started getting concerned and the authors were kind of silent. In fact, the authors were busting out with, oh, I'll probably have AI narration for my books. And I'm like, five, four, three, because yep. I knew where this was going. I knew where the AI mm -hmm. was moving towards too. Mm -hmm. And then bam, it was announced that AI has been starting to write books. And then the authors got up in arm. And I'm like, well, now right. that it hits your bottom dollar, don't right. you get upset. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and it's it's I think it's an important conversation to have and have it where we're looking at it just out you know beyond the immediate impact financially that we may have to ourselves in our communities and things like that. But what else can this kind of technology, as you were saying, be used for good? It's great, you know. But as long as but then also look at it. Okay, well, unfortunately, not everybody that manages some of this stuff is good. Oh, right. But yeah. So I'm glad. Okay. Yeah. So you have that going. Any other books? You can't share, but can you tell us if you're going to be like a werewolf or an alien or a cop, you know? <laughs> the genre. <laughs> I've always said that because um, it's one of those like, I know you guys, especially if you're working with the publishing houses, you guys get these lovely documents called NDAs and you can say anything, mm -hmm. but you can tell us if you're going to be a werewolf or you can tell us that it's going to be a funny one. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I may be a I may be a vampire soon. We'll see. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know it's you know it's funny because I really do connect with with the wolves, but I've I've actually voiced way more vampires than wolves. Well, now the authors are looking. You're hearing this. They're like you know Carrie uh, Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I enjoy doing vampires too. That this one, yeah, this is, they're fun. This, and also just within that genre, I've learned so much about droggers and demons and <laughs> semi-demons and all. Yeah, it's fascinating. Fantastic. Okay, and a vampire. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we'll keep, make sure to keep an eye on your socials of when you can start sharing things. We'll grab them from there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being part of this year's Audiobook Loving Series. This has been so much fun. Yeah, indeed, for me too. Thank you. And everyone, thanks for hanging out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this chat as well as the series. Make sure to follow Carrie over at social media. And we'll include those links on the main landing page of the Audible Loving series over at Viviana Enchantress of Books. And until next time, happy listening. A special thank you to authors DJ Krimmer, Tana Stone, Landon Beach, PJ Fiala, and all of our sponsors of the Audiobook Loving 2023 series. 
Visit today's episode post to listen to sound clips of some of the books we discussed and enter the month-long giveaway. If you enjoyed the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast series and you want more, join the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content like the Would You Rather game and dinner party guests, and additional incentives such as bloopers, graphics, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. Thank you for joining Viviana and her guests for this podcast, and we hope you tune in again as we continue to celebrate Audiobook Month. The Audiobook Lovin' series is hosted by Viviana, the Enchantress of Books. Please make sure to visit the main page linked within the post to learn more about the entire Audiobook Lovin' series and the enchanting author and narrator guests who have joined us over the years. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review wherever you listened. And please follow us on social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana the Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you have enjoyed this program.